to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. And when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between three and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. There is an idea of a Patrick Bateman, some kind of abstraction, but there is no real me, only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable. I simply am not there. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, reporting here from Spare Parts Studio. Why is it all of a sudden I start talking and then you just want to come up and say hi? You were laying there perfectly fine and now all of a sudden you want to come up here and get up all in my shit. <laughs> you just, okay, fine. Let's just do the podcast, considering this isn't like a high ranking podcast. Nobody takes this seriously, anyways. And let's just have you sit there for as long as possible until, I don't know, until whatever. What do you want to, what? Don't fucking hit the microphone. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? You don't. Oh, that's right. You don't speak English. That's right. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Parlor, And of course, you can find me on my YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. New video dropping tomorrow on my regular podcast, on my regular YouTube channel. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Um... You know, okay, so I guess full disclosure, this dog here, um, you know, I haven't owned or been in charge of a, well, I guess another human being for, or any any type of entity that has a heartbeat for a very long time. Um, and with everything that's gone on this year, just not in, I mean, I mean the elephant in the room or the, the dog in the room, but just in general with everything going on, it being solely attached to one entity for most of the day and it just being a little four-legged creature that has you know 10 to 12 years to live and when we first met when we first met the dog obviously 
super timid rescue animal wouldn't go near me and wouldn't um just would bark well then well bark for a minute but then wouldn't even come close to me and i just sort of was like all right i'm determined to win over this dog and i just sat there on the floor until the dog calmed down but it took like an hour but it took an hour of just sitting there and the dog being comfortable sitting there but like on the other side of the room on the other side of the room not doing anything not getting up not standing up nothing nothing to scare the dog and then it was okay do you want to go out obviously the dog only has a few real needs in life and it's like okay so in order to get the dog to go out you have to open the door but the dog was too afraid to walk by me so it's and it was like a corridor so the dog has to go right by me in order to get out the door so there was this whole cat and mouse game of how do, how do I accomplish this? And that itself took like another 45 minutes. And then getting the dog back inside was a whole nother matter because I'm inside. And this dog doesn't know me, so I'm a threat. So <laughs> just sitting there, I would try to get the dog inside, and then I would go to close the door, and the dog would run back out the door. So then it was a matter of how do I get the dog inside and then close the door, and then accomplishing that finally. I don't remember if I did it with food or whatnot, but that wasn't necessarily a game changer. I mean, it did help. Can Hold on. Easy, buddy. Easy. So there was that. And it went from being that relationship that took place over a couple days to this dog never wanting to leave my side. Never wanting to leave my side. Always wanting to be in the same room I'm in. Always wanting to be eating the same thing I'm eating. Always wanting to be on the same couch that I'm sitting on. Always uh, even wanting to sleep in the same bed as me, even though that's not allowed. You know me, I don't care. But, but sleeps in a beautiful little bed next to me. And then over the court, and then now me, being the dog person I am, it, we're inseparable. Absolutely inseparable because, I mean, people have come and gone. The relationships you establish are, or would be able to establish outside in, in such a year with stay-at-home orders and people at risk and restaurants and retail closing. Your interactions with people are now essentially digital or reoccurring from people that were pre-COVID. Apparently, like, newfound relationships is just not, I don't know if it's a thing anymore. So it's like, uh, that was it. It was just me and a, and a dog. And I guess like, that a boy. I guess like any other relationship, you know, you get annoyed with your friends, you get annoyed with your family, but you can get annoyed with your dog too. But that's, it's been as forgiving and as loving as any other relationship or any situation I've ever been in. With a dog, obviously, because there's only one person talking. <laughs> but... It's it's been great, and if you are a person who has, I mean, if you're stuck home, if you're stuck because of COVID, or if you're if you're depressed, or if it's just if life seems empty, and you are but you are capable of the simplest responsibilities, and that of owning a dog, feeding feeding it, taking it out, taking it for walks, playing with it, and um those simple features i think that if you pick the right dog you will will give yourself a reward selfishly you'll give yourself a reward that you could never experience because that 
emotional satisfaction that a lot of people need right now, maybe so during even more so during the holidays, is 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 key, super key. And I only I, I wish more people could do it. I mean, I know I've worked with nonprofits before uh, in training centers that focus on dogs and training them and caring for them and giving them to the right people. Um, but to personally now have that experience is is amazing. So I, I, I strongly encourage you. And, I, and does this apply to cats? No, this doesn't apply to cats at all. This applies strictly to dogs. So I encourage you, if you have a local rescue center, um, go and seek one out. And as far as animals, I don't know. This is an American Staffordshire Terrier, basically. I mean, I mean the the slang term is pit bull. And he's a pit bull, definitely. I mean, he has pit bull tendencies. He's ultra energetic, super clingy, and protective. But not uh, he's not a bull. He's not a fighter. He's just he was severely severe, severely neglected and I think physically abused when he was super young. And then we got him around, he was, he came here around six months. And then I met him a little later after that. And then there we go. We've been inseparable. We've been the boys. He goes, the idea of him going for walks was introduced by me. And his, the idea of being able to go out on a walk was something he couldn't understand, couldn't comprehend. And so by me introducing it to him, it's made him so much more, sociable like his his social abilities have gone through the roof that's the most important thing that you can do with dogs very early on as laura taught me is socialize them socialize the shit out of them and make sure they're around other dogs make sure they're around other people make sure they follow rules let them play let them jump let them sniff each other and get you know get in each other's way and just be kind of obnoxious but let them be in the presence of other heartbeats whether it's got four legs or two and it'll make a difference. It'll make a real difference so that you're not ever really concerned about the dog and what they're going to do. Uh, be more afraid of people than of the dog. And it, it, the same thing applies to, uh, you know, this knucklehead right here, you know. So, and this is my first, this is my first, uh, you know, a pit bull type. And he's a, he's a sweetie. I mean, I've, I, I've taken care of a pit lab before, but this is my own. And, you know, there's a, a heightened responsibility there. But I love him to pieces, and I really do. I, he's popped in on the podcast every now and then, so and I never really gave him a formal introduction. He just kind of he was he he was all of a sudden he was here, and then that was it. And I never really said anything. But now it's like okay, he's here, and he's not going anywhere. I'd hope not. And uh, he's a part of the family now, and I hope that he is under my you know guidance, an excellent animal, and I look forward to introducing him to people. You know, wherever I go. when and, and I don't care. He doesn't want to go for car rides. I drag him on car rides. I literally have to drag him to the car or carry him to the car and throw him in the back seat. I think it started when he got in the Mustang. He was not a fan of getting on the back of the Mustang. But, uh, but I also have a big old, I have a big Lincoln too. And he still doesn't want to get in that necessarily. So I got to carry him in there. So, but I think by doing that, you got to go over here, buddy. Camera, see the camera? That's the camera. Uh, by doing that, I think it's important for him because he gets to see things and eventually go somewhere and meet people. And I think it's good. So, um, uh, psychology today. Speaking of like being by yourselves and all that stuff, being the power of the introvert. Um, this article is from Psychology Today. I wanted to read a little bit about it. We also have Q and A coming up later as well. But the uh, the psychology of the introvert, the power of an introvert in times like these when people are more isolated than ever, are 
kind of cut off from society in several ways, whether they're working from working remotely, stuck at home, what have you. The idea that you are able to occupy your day just with your own thoughts and feelings. And that's a significant thing. Being able to, I guess, hang out by yourself, entertain, not entertain yourself or keep yourself busy, but focusing on what needs to be done within the power of your own mind, within your own schedule. It's like, okay, now you're by yourself. What are you going to do? How are you going to get through your day constructively? Like, how are you going to manage your time? How are you going to organize your things? How are you going to invest your money? Are you going to start a business? Are you going to start reading that book? Are you going to start reading uh, things to make you smarter and, and maybe take some classes or whatever? Or learn how the stock market works and possibly invest? Are you going to focus on some things to take you to another level? Because, I mean, if you are, eventually if this thing goes away, which it will, um, it's just a question of whether our our you know elected leaders uh, keep fucking things up for everybody, but us getting out of that and just being social people, are we going to come out of this? <coughs> excuse me, more intelligent, more insightful, more appreciative, more inquisitive, Is inquisitive right? More, you know, a, a appreciative of life in itself as far as getting to know people and understanding where they come from, because people are going to their roots now more than ever. But like, for example, like, okay, people have been cooped up so long for so long uh, in the worst possible year. And all they've seen is whatever the news is carrying right now, whether it's political, whether it's religious, whether it's sports or lack thereof sports, uh, current events, uh, things that are going uh, community events or lack thereof, uh, events with friends or lack thereof, family events or lack thereof, the, the, it, it, it there was a, there's a lot of choices in how to live your life. This year, there was more of a lack of options for those who weren't prepared. Now, me as a person who was able to work out at home because building a gym, uh, record everything by myself because I don't need other people to do my recordings for me. So don't need that. All my medication, all my medications, all my supplements uh, are available for curbside pickup or mail order. So that's one less interaction with people. And all my friends are off doing something, and my family is miles away. Family up in the Lakes region, so I don't see them often, if ever. Um, my other family, extended family, are states away, so there's that. And so who do I spend my time with other than, well, the dog? And the idea of what are you doing with your time importantly? Like I don't talk, to, like when I'm working on the stock market, I don't talk to a broker. I don't talk to a broker. I read information. I look at patterns and then I make decisions. The gym or working out, I understand the patterns of my body, what I need to be doing, what the what my nutrition levels are at and what I need to be, if I'm gaining or losing for the day, I make a decision on how to work out. New Food, same thing. I prep all my own food. I do the, the the cooking, the dinner, the breakfast, the coffee in the morning. That's all me too. So there's no interaction there. Groceries, same thing. Order them online and pick them up. So that's it. So my public interaction is minimal. And this was a decision I made a um, long time ago. This is a decision I made a long time ago. COVID just amplified it. So the power of the... And the most important thing... I can convey to you in this is the power of the the power of the individual. 
getting up and making your own coffee, taking your own, care of your own hygiene, getting yourself dressed for the day is just the, a way to get started for the world. And then making sure you're, but the preparation for that starts the night before. Like the moment before you're born, there was preparation. There was nutrition. There was doctor's, uh, doctor's guidance. There was a whole lot of stuff going on before you, walk, before you woke up in this world. As opposed to the tiny studio apartment in your mother's belly. But the night before is the key for you every day moving forward. You understand your supplementation. Do you take what supplements do you t need to take the night before? Which food do you have do you have ready for the day for the next day? Uh, what other clothes or what have you or what other uh, your alarm? Your alarm is a preparation for the next day. What else do you need to be prepped for for the very next day? Then once you get to that point, what else do you have to be doing that you could be more self-sufficient on? You don't need to go to Starbucks and order that coffee. You don't need that interaction. That interaction is a mental, it's a creature comfort that needs to be extinguished. People are doing that right now so they can feel like they're part of the world. And quite frankly, that isn't the way to go about things. That People are calling, right now people are, are going to stores uh, going to stores or going into restaurants or go or calling up businesses that they work with, whether it's through their doctor's office or through their insurance companies or just customer service in general through their phones, you know, their phones, Verizon phone service. They're calling, a lot of people are calling just to hear, re, re, in reality, they're calling just to hear another human voice because the impact of this year has absolutely taken a lot of people out of the loop. Whether your grocery store is closed or for some reason or another, just has taken a lot of people out of the out of the how how of the loop. And just hearing another human voice can be emotionally gratifying for some. Actually for many. For more than you realize. But the power of the introvert is the person that says I don't need that soothing other soothing soul. I don't need any of that. They are able to have a minimum amount, a minimal amount of human interaction in order to supplement that vitamin. Like vitamin human is a supplementation. Like for example, I take magnesium before I go to bed. It's it's a it's a, a heavily needed nutrition a piece of nutrition for for digestion, muscle relaxant, and uh, nutrition uh, absorption. But vitamin H or vitamin human is an important one. That interaction that you have with another human, that social interaction is important to some more than others. And for some who have been out of the loop for too long, who maybe haven't seen family or maybe haven't seen another human or haven't had that interaction due to a multitude of reasons, it can almost be emotional or it can be very emotional. So these are things that, need to be understood you could have a family member who hasn't seen anybody else in so long and is such an extrovert that the idea of seeing other family members is almost too much to bear now there are things that can get a, get in the way that will get in the way of your holidays one of them obviously is politics look in, in everything right now this year has all led up to that you need to have this podcast does what it can this podcast is designed and it tries as best as it can to avoid that topic. Uh, and I've tr I've done that. I've, I think I've successfully done that, avoiding that typical thing. I focus on cultural stuff. 
Um, it's but we're, what we are experiencing this year was a cultural event, you know, one that we hopefully never have to deal with for a very long time. The but the idea of you're going to see, if you're going to see family tomorrow, the idea of just appreciate being there, avoid the topics for your own benefit because it makes no sense that if you haven't seen people for so long that you want to see because some people just want to go to get into an argument and say this is this fault or that fault or whatever that doesn't do anybody any good it just causes more stress another thing i'm a big another thing i'm a big fan of when going to like holiday parties or whatever is avoiding um what do you call it obviously avoiding oh just avoiding like drama altogether like if somebody who is not liked by the family or is not responsible enough to be around other people, it, uh, they don't need to go or they shouldn't be invited. Like, for example, if you have a core group of people that get along and it's the holidays, that core group should be the ones at the event or at the gathering. You don't need to bring in that one person who fucking ruins everything. That person shouldn't be invited or... I mean, you don't need to be polite. Right now, people just need some creature comforts right now. And definitely a lot more than just a fucking chocolate chip cookie. People need to go, uh, when they go to see family or they go to see friends, They just they, it needs to be a core group that lets them know that things are fine or things are, you people that you can communicate on a wavelength that kind of shakes off the rest of communication to other humans. Because family is the first group of humans that you communicate with. And they help you get ready for the real world. So it starts out with your family and your siblings. And, and then it goes to school. And then from school, you meet friends. And then from friends, you meet their parents. And then from there, it's college or the work environment or the work world. And then from there, you learn how to communicate with those people. Sometimes you get fired. Um from your family too <laughs> but these right now that has set this year has set social interaction back quite a long ways adult people acting like children that need and these people don't need to go away believe me it's it's easy for you to say that these people just need to fucking go away well they can't you know do you know why there's a lot of them. So unless you want a civil war or a world war, it's an awfully lot, it's an awful lot of people to just make go away. So you have to reintroduce them. Don't educate them, reintroduce them to social interaction. If they're part of the family and they're they were tolerable or good, you know, fun to hang out with during the holidays last year, or the year before, before this whole fucking year took place, maybe they can be uh, reintroduced. Like, hey, man, you know, your family, it's cool. We get along. Obviously, this year was crazy because people this year acted like toddlers. But toddlers learn to walk. Toddlers learn to talk. And talk. toddlers learn yes or no, good or bad. Reintroduce these people back into society. Understand it's been a crazy year. And we go through the process all over again. We start anew. But you have to understand, it's not just them that needs to be reintroduced. It's you. It's me. The power of the introvert is basically 
you are able to sustain yourself with minimal contact with other human beings. But that's not the rest of this world. That's not, you can't, you, a lot of people had, a lot of extroverts had these luxuries taken away from them. Now, a luxury and a right, it, it is your right to be able to communicate with other human beings. Communicate your ideas with other human beings. Your opinions with other human beings. That's a right. But it is in the same time a luxury. Because that other human being could kill you. So the idea of it being a luxury, it's the idea of being appreciative. Be appreciative of, of the right to communicate with another human being. And, have, and, and bounce your ideas, depending upon knowing your audience, bouncing ideas off them. But go start with a basic level. If you are walking into a holiday scenario, if you're walking to Thanksgiving dinner and you've got family and maybe they're set in their ways or maybe they're a little more conservative or progressive or open-minded or set in their uh, traditional in their ways, well, if you are outnumbered, per se, in your ideas, well, then you need to kind of step back. Step back and... Let the let it take place. Don't be as offended or as, uh, yeah, don't be as offended as you would normally be because this year is different. The e It's much easier to react in a negative way this year than any other year. This year is more so than any. So I'm, I'm trying to, well, it all pans down to chill the fuck out. That's what it all pans out to. Is it, All this I'm trying to say is, hey, everybody, when you go to the holidays this year, whether you go to a friends or a group event or whatever, family, take some of those opinions and throw, lock them up. And understand that the people that you're going to see, that you're going to communicate with, are just as timid and worried and concerned about a several other things that you may not necessarily have any idea of as you are. Like, I have concerns. I have concerns about a lot of things. My my future is um, hopeful, but inconclusive. Okay. Like, I know... Like, I know right now that this, is the, this month marks the final month of Spare Parts Studio 2.0. Like, this studio... This is the, I mean, this spare parts studio I, I, I put together uh, in, 20, in 2019. This is the second version of it. This, the first one was, well, it was basically just me in a, in a room with a, a recliner and a small recording setup. That was the spare parts, I, you know, prototype. And now I moved it into its own studio with, you know, extra microphones and, you know, big flute, you know, futon. Well, that's all going to get upgraded. But this is, but now we're entering a phase where I have to go underground with it for about five months. Still record, but bring it to a more simplistic spot where I can put it in a smaller spot. So I, when we, I move to a new location, I can open it up and get the studio that I really want, which is going to have a lot of the same stuff, but the, organization of it the setup will be a lot more hopefully what do you say They'll, you'll be a lot of you'll be able to see a lot more of the articles that i'm seeing you'll be able to communicate better with me there'll be uh hopefully instead of two microphones there could be four the futon will get upgraded to a uh, a bigger comfier sofa 
and uh, uh, maybe some better microphones and definitely some better arms because these arms fucking suck. Uh, and just a, and a little bit more organization and maybe some of the spare parts will get upgraded as far as like the uh, the scenery in here. But that my unknown, the unknown of this year has allowed me to sit in my own little introvert mind, even though I'm, I'm a I'm a digital person like I have. I'm on social media. I post, but I just I necessarily don't react. Um, I see, but I don't respond. Now, but even though I know I'm going to the Seacoast next year, but that's next year and not January of 2021, but like May of 2021. So I've got to wait till then and I have to kind of hunker down and survive and where, you know, obviously I'm concerned. I'm always concerned monetarily. I'm always concerned health wise. I'm concerned about all this stuff. It, it, it does. It concerns me greatly. But my basics are, I've covered the basics. Health-wise, I'm healthy. Money, I have money. Uh, a roof over my head, a decent roof over my head, I have. But now I've got to make these stressful adjustments for several reasons. And how am I going to successfully pull this off? And I've had to make these crunch time movements before. Um, some of them not as bad. Like this one, I, I, sometimes I'm a person who will maybe stress over, stress out over something more than I need to, but I do it rightfully so because I want to get it right. I want to get it right. And I want to stress over, I want to over stress over something. So when it's finished, I don't have to stress over it as much. And that attention to detail causes me stress but allows me to, under pressure, produce a diamond. Although sometimes I've produced just a fucking hunk of charcoal. But that is my biggest concern. And from in this fourth quarter of 2020 is going to decide a lot. But I'm just that. That's my big thing. Is right now there are no there, right now. I don't need to get if I'm gonna see family. Uh, I'm gonna then it's I'm gonna keep it simple and relaxed and make it seem like okay I haven't gone off the fucking deep end because my family sees this my friends see this now they know that's this is one side of me this is they know that I have opinions that maybe they don't share I have viewpoints that they don't understand or I say things that they just don't fucking get but like I said they don't have to view this. They can just see me as a family member or as a friend. They don't have to see me as a, a podcaster or a video editor or a, a, a YouTuber or a drone flyer or a health wellness person. They don't have to see me as that. They just have to see me as a person who's exploring all of the, the th ideas in my head so that I can put myself in a better place. And believe me, I've explored everything. I mean, I make my own coffee now. I own two different drones. I know how to record podcasts in any location. Um, and I become a better video editor and a better person because of it. It's just that socially this year has been difficult because of COVID. And it's gotten me into a few interactions that didn't work out well, but not many. Most of them worked out pretty damn well. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I can understand on some psychological degree, what other people are going to be doing, thinking or feeling when they walk into uh family this year, 
I, uh, you know, maybe I said something on the internet that pissed somebody off. Listen, or pissed off one of your family members. Listen, just go to your fucking holiday, relax, enjoy yourself. You don't have to say anything. People ask you, how are you or what you doing or what you've been working on? Just be like, you just cut it in half and cut it in half. Be like, yeah, you just say to them, yep, still working, looking at a couple opportunities, uh, yeah, I'm still doing the painting or yeah, I'm still, um, I'm still working on that song or yeah, I'm still recording the podcast and yeah, we're just trying out some new stuff and just keep it, keep it vague and spec. Like, yeah, we're, we're working on it. And I think a year from now we'll be in a better spot. And me, I know I will be, you know, what are you going to be? You're going to be my way, buddy. Sit up straight. There we go. Here, you over here. There we go. So the holidays are here. Uh, make sure that whatever you do, whatever you plan on giving for gifts or getting for yourself, make sure it's based on self-sufficiency. It doesn't, it's not a gift that stresses people out. Keep it simple. If somebody was really yearning for something and it's something that you can get them, make sure you get it for them. Put their, you know, people are, people will probably be a little more appreciative of the things that they receive or the people that they interact with this year, hopefully more than normal. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know that. Um, you could be at odds this year. Like if if like if you see certain family members or certain friends or certain loved ones or whatever this year, they may see you walk through the door and may just see you as a post, a post that you put on Facebook or a picture that you had on Instagram. They may see that before they actually see you as a person. Well, it's your resp- it's it's their responsibility to see you as a human first. Chase, you're in the way, buddy. But it's also your responsibility to be like, listen, that's just, you know, that's that's online stuff. That's not me. You know, I'm not Facebook or I'm not YouTube. That's not your identity. Your identity is a human being first. That other stuff is what you're trying to do. Well, first of all, if you're posting on Facebook 24-7, you're a fucking idiot. But, I mean, yeah, try to find something better with your time. But if that's what they see you for, then that communication, you need to, what do you call it? Lower the uh, uh, the animosity, you know, kind of what soften the um, aggression. Like, look, that's you know, that was that's just a post, and you know, whatever. So yeah, that that stuff can happen. This is not. And I'm not reflecting on anything in my situation. My situation's fine. It's just a matter of if you are walking into a, a potentially hostile situation with friends or family during the holiday season. Don't go in there with your sword out. Just go in there friendly, maybe with some uh, some gifts or a cake or a pie or a bottle of booze. Not bourbon. Bourbon makes people get into fights. Um, but something to diffuse. That's the word I'm looking for. Diffuse the situation. So this article from Psychology Today talks about the... And I'll do a few blurbs from it and then we'll get to Q&A. Talks about the power of the introvert. The emotional strength of an introvert. So the question of how personality affects the ability to avoid loneliness is an important one for understanding how people can maintain their mental health during COVID-19 or its impact on daily life. Early on, there was speculation that introverts might have an edge in staving off loneliness due to the fact that their well-being relies less on social interaction that does not that does uh, that out of their outgoing extroverted counterparts. At the time, however, there was very little solid data to support their assertion because of lockdowns, quarantining, social interaction, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> COVID. 
All right. So there was a study done. The study was based on data collected over several months after the pandemic began. The University of Bern's Daniel A. Grubler and colleagues suggest that introversion could indeed be a beneficial trait to help stave off loneliness. A trait alone, though, isn't enough to provide protection, the authors maintain. That's good. They did put that stipulation in there. The formula for adaptation to the stress of the pandemic life includes, just as importantly, the, str the strategies people use to regulate their emotions so they can keep loneliness at bay. The two basic types of emotional regulation strategies that people tend to use when confronted with challenging situations. Uh, there are those that are adaptive in that they may help people feel better. The second category is those that are maladaptive in that they only fan the flames of unpleasant feelings. With this background, okay. So let's see. Those who are, those who are too, most likely to suffer from mental health consequences due to uh, loneliness and poor mental health. Uh, 466 participants, 80% female, average 32 years old. All lived in Switzerland uh, at the time at this time of this year. And then we'll, we'll see. Although, the, uh, although participants were tested only once, the study continued over a six-week period and therefore could measure time as a factor. Among the sample of Swiss citizens, approximately half indicated that they now worked in a home office. 42% said... They were working more than usual, and 18% either lost their job or had to give up work temporarily. A total of 42% in the in a permanent romantic relationship, and 21% had children. So the measuring to measure loneliness, the team divided the negative subject state into three components of intimate lacking companionship, relationship, lacking people to talk to, and collective, feeling low commonality with others. Thinking about yourself now, perhaps you feel that you would score higher on one or, one or another of these loneliness scales as a result of your own degree of isolation through the pandemic. Okay. To measure well-being, the authors used the WHO uh, five-item rating to ask participants to indicate how they have experienced such feelings as good mood, relaxed, or active in the last seven days. Now, to, if you wanted to like nail down on this uh, article, it's on psychologytoday.com, and it's... The actual article's name is The Emotional Strength of Introverts During the Pandemic. So, let's see. Adre okay. Emotional regulation. The author asked participants to rate their use of adaptive and maladaptive emotional regulation strategies. Again, thinking about yourself. How much would you say you use each of the following when you're swamped with negative emotions. I think about a plan of what I can do best. I tell myself there are worse things in life. I keep thinking about how terrible it is what I've experienced. I feel that others are responsible for what has happened. The blame game. I think about I have to accept that this has happened. I think of pleasant things that have nothing to do with it. I feel that others are responsible for what has happened. I think I can learn something from the situation. I am preoccupied with what I think and feel about what I have experienced. The more adaptive strategies, the more adaptive emotional str emotion strategies on this scale were reflected in high agreements. Um, there were findings revealed, the findings revealed that those in high in introversion, so of all these questions that are asked, conclusions that were reached, the findings revealed those high in introversion who were able to draw upon these adaptive emotional regulating strategies indeed whether the questions or assumptions were good or bad indeed were best able able to indeed were best able to preserve their well-being and relief from loneliness extroverts fared less well throughout the period 
of the study primarily rather than use of adaptive emotion regulation strategies. They tended to suppress their despair. People high in neuro neuroticism also suffered during the study's course due to their excessive levels of worry and anxiety. Introversion may be an asset for staving off loneliness then, but only when combined with the ability to draw upon their own internal abilities to frame negative emotions in a more positive light. So obviously, when you take a negative and you're able to turn it into a positive, or you're able to take a stressful situation and make use of the pressure of, of the crisis. People, crisis management. You're able to take a shit situation and work through it to get to the next obstacle or get to the next destination or get to whatever. God, you are such a fucking, you're such a, you're such a clingy dog. Um, so in general, the findings also supported the theoretical contention that held by authors that personality alone can't predict who's going to adapt more favorably to life's changing circumstances. As they conclude, our study implied that personality may not uniformly relate to well-being, but that the associations may, depending upon specific life events, blah, blah, blah. To sum it up, your personality as an introvert or an extrovert isn't the only factor that applies to your ability to cope with life's situations. What appears to matter more for your fulfillment is the way you regulate your emotions to those, to stress your research. Okay. So, all right. If you are an introvert, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to fare better in this situation than others. What's going to make you fare better is preparation and responsibility. The power of the individual. Shit that Jordan Peterson fucking preaches day in and day out. So the idea that you are prepped and ready for tomorrow... Like I said before, if you cook your own food, you make your own coffee, you do everything with your, your own abilities, you don't have to go to the gym because you built one at home, or when you do go to the gym, you don't have to you don't sit there and talk to other people for 45 minutes. You almost sit in a Starbucks drive-thru. Um, you don't necessarily need to, to talk socially with people at work. You can kind of focus on your own task at hand. These things that allow you to be... Uh, you know, self-sufficient in that matter. That introvert will far better than the... So the prepared, strategic introvert who has a plan for the next day is far better to handle this situation than an introvert who just sits on his ass, orders fucking uh, Postmates, and plays Doom. That person who doesn't have a plan for the next day isn't going to fare well in this situation. So at the end of the day, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, the person who is self-sufficient with their day-to-day -day activities is going to fare better, period, end of story. That's, I think, a great way to... And you know what? That will also translate into holiday festivities. You got your shit together. You can handle being away from large amounts of people. You can handle your own shit. And this situation has only helped you get to the next destination, either by saving money or planning your net your future to allow yourself to be more independent from business or memberships or services or work and then when you go see family be like how did you do you know how are you dealing with this whole thing that was great built my own gym make my own coffee now go for walks a lot my relationships gotten better because i'm spending more time with with you know what's that and all that other shit and uh i got a lot of stuff done and uh, now we're looking forward to uh next year and doing that and you know maybe get a fucking farmhouse and that's that's what you want to do 
And you say that, and it's like, oh, shit, this guy, this person got their shit together, and, uh, you know, COVID didn't stop you. No, it won't, and it shouldn't stop you. So, ooh, what's this? Oh, I don't care about that. Okay, so we should, since I'm at 42 minutes, I hope you find some useful nuggets of knowledge in that 40-minute rant there. Uh, hopefully you do. If you have questions about how, if you have, if you're in a situation where you're stressed out and maybe you have some questions or how are you going to cope with this holiday season, you can email me positive sarcasm at outlook.com. And just, you know, if you have a situation that you kind of want to just vent, uh, I'll listen, I'll listen. And maybe there's something that if I can't offer you anything, I'll just, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll just go through it and figure it out together. You know, even though I'm an individual, I'm completely independent. This this podcast, this YouTube channel, this these po- this posing music, all this <laughs> all this information is here for you. All this stuff is here for you. The articles that I read, the questions that I address, all this stuff is here for you. Even the stuff in the beginning of the vid- uh, of the podcast, uh, if you listen to the podcast, um, there's little movie nuggets. You know, those are movies that maybe you can, what movie is that from? Uh, It's from this movie. It's about this. Do you want to watch it? Yeah. Well, it's available on these thingies. Go and check them out. Yeah. I rated them. I rated that one. It's on my, 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 my website. Go and check it out. This is what I said about it. And at the end of it, I I put music. Oh, this is some of the stuff I'm listening to. Who's that? That one's pretty decent. Who's that? Oh, that's this band. This is from this album. It's this song. Cool. Check that out. I'll add it to my playlist. Stuff that you can use. Okay. I'm here for you guys. If you have questions, comments, email me. Anyways, let me go ahead and finish up with some Q&A. All right. So, oh boy. All right. Coffee today, by the way, is at PB and Joey. Uh, more information on that coming up in 2021. Do I have to apologize? Oh, this is from dig.com Q&A. Do I have to apologize for laughing uncontrollably when my coworker wrongly assumed my biracial son is adopted? I am a remote worker who recently started a at a new company less than two weeks after I started. Wait, less than, okay. I am a remote worker. I am a remote worker who recently started at a new company. Good for you. Less than two weeks after I started, my team did a bring your family to work event. Ugh, kill me. Where we all had a chance to introduce your various children, pets, spouses, whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. This will be important to the story. I'm a white woman married to a black man and our son has brown skin. Well, yeah, do the math. After we did the event, we were turning back to work. We were turning back to work when we when one of my coworkers, Sue, said she was happy to have another adoptive parent on the team. I was confused for a moment and then she realized she was talking about me. I laughed awkwardly and said that she was my own son. He wasn't adopted. There was a bit more awkward silence than we all moved on. Or so I thought. A few days later, another coworker monitor. Monica messaged me privately to say that Sue was saying I had laughed at her and insulted adoptive parents. Monica said Sue takes things too personally and I should apologize and smooth things over. And called Sue. I called Sue to explain that I was just surprised at her comment and laughed to cover my awkwardness. I told her I have the most utmost respect for, for adoptive parents. Obviously, it's a huge responsibility. I told her that I had the utmost respect for the doctor. I told, I'm just not one myself. Let's see. I'm just not one myself. Yesterday, my manager, who had not been on the original call, told me Sue had made an official complaint against me and against me and manager wanted to do a three-way call with Sue and I to talk this through. Was I in the wrong? I think Sue's com- comment was presumptuous and more than a little rude. 
I think it was also racist since I am the only reason she said, all right, okay, look, Sue is obviously ultra fucking sensitive. Okay, Sue, look, you laughed because, look, you you laugh at things. You apologized. There, that's the end of it, okay? You laughed. Chase, sit down, buddy. You laughed. You apologized. End of story. Done. You're mar- you are happily married. You have a healthy child. She has a kid that she adopted, and you gave her kudos for it. Now she's filing a complaint against you. Sue can go fuck herself. Sue can go fuck herself, and she wants to make a bigger deal than this is. Why would you file a complaint against her when you've already talked to, you've already apologized to her and smoothed things over? This is a person who shouldn't belong in the fucking workforce. This is a person you don't want raising a kid. This is a person you don't want adopting a kid. This is a person who just needs to fuck off. I know I just talked about understanding and respect, but this person is taking a situation where you just started at a company, you're trying to put it, you're trying to put on a good face and all other corporate bullshit, and you made an effort of being appreciative of her and her situation. And then she has the fucking nut to say, well, first of all, now at this point, if you want to file, if she's going to file a complaint against you, you do the exact same thing back to her. If be like, listen, you have a chance right now. You'd be like, listen, Sue, you have a chance right now to put this thing to bed right now. And we can all go back to our separate ways. Okay. And I can continue on working and you can go on doing your thing. If you want to file a complaint against me saying that I was insulting of you being an adoptive parent because I laughed, then I'm going to file a complaint against you with HR saying that because my son is black, uh, I adopted him. Whereas I could not, what, marry a black man and fucking uh, have a successful relationship with them? What are you assuming? What are you assuming in that situation? Do you really want to pick this apart? I'm just assuming right now, too. I'm assuming that this could not possibly happen, that you couldn't have a fucking kid uh, with a different pigment. Can you assume that, Sue? Can you fucking assume that? Or should we go down this road and leave all of our employment in the hands of human resources? Because you know they make the best fucking decisions when it comes to people's employment. Do you really want to go down that road, Sue? Or do we want to drop this whole thing right now? Because some people in this fucking world are so self-destructive and they want to take everyone down with them because they just can't be happy by themselves. So they want to drag everyone else down to their misery. All they want to do is watch the world burn, or at least some parts of it. And I don't know what's wrong with Sue's fucking head, but the manager here needs to step in and be like, listen, she called and apologized and tried to smooth things over, but you can't let it be. So, look, lady, you have been uh, more than uh, apologetic and trying to smooth over the situation. And this is why you don't bring personal shit into work. You don't fucking do that. You abstain from doing that. You're there to work and nothing more. This bring your dog to work day bullshit can't work out. Bring your dog to the podcast is fine. Bring your dog to work? Nope, not going to work. Going to bite somebody and then they have to put him down. And then your fucking life's ruined because Peggy got bit. Fucking bitch. So you can't do this. Sue can go fuck herself, and if the supervisor doesn't squash the situation uh, now, that person can go fuck themselves too. 
Boy, I got heated. I got healed real quick. Uh, let's continue on. Am I a jerk? Ooh, this is a good holiday one. I love holidays. <laughs> am I a jerk for assuming? Am I a jerk for accusing my sister-in-law, a nurse, of lying when she says she has to work on Thanksgiving? Nurses do have to work on Thanksgiving. I don't think I'm the asshole here, which means you probably are, but my brother firmly disagrees. I, 20-year-old male, you got a lot to learn, son. You got a lot to learn, son. Uh, have a tendency to not believe people when they tell me something. Okay, what are you fucking, Jesus Christ, flat earther? I'm not sure why, but my first instinct is always, no, that's wrong, and I'll do it my way. Even if it's some kind of expert in their field, my first instinct is doubt what they say. My brother, 29, says it's because I labor under the delusion that I am smarter than I actually am. I think that's more like a pro, that's like a pronoid type of approach to life. The world is one big dinner in, one big dinner in your honor. Uh, let's see. I am un, so am I, let's see, I, that I'm the asshole for thinking I knew better and never apologizing when I'm wrong. My sister-in-law is a nurse and yesterday in the family zoom, she said, unfortunately she wouldn't be able to join everyone for Thanksgiving. She was supposed to have this year off, but her hospital is all hands on deck right now because of several nurses being quarantined without thinking about it. I said, the first thing that I came to mind, that's not true. You just don't want to make it to make the trip. Uh, my parents and brother jumped all over me and she sarcastically said, yeah, I'd rather spend, I'd much rather spend 12 or more hours on my feet dealing with sick people than enjoying a good home kicked meal. Uh, I got irritated because I felt attacked. So I signed off. I got a message from my mom saying I owe her an apology. I said, I wasn't going to apologize for that. My brother is saying I need to grow up and stop being an asshole. <laughs> and say, and the sooner I realize that I'm not the smartest person in the room, the better my life will be. I think everyone is really overreacting and that's just how I am. But I figured out I'd put it out there. Yeah, you were, dude, you're fuck. well, you're 20. You think you fucking know everything. Everybody who's like at that age, I don't care if you're going for a, a doctorate or if you're just a 20 year old working in a lumber yard. You're a fucking asshole at 20. Doesn't matter. You could be going to the University of Vermont studying fucking whatever theories and you're still a dick. You're still fucking moron in any way, shape, or form. You're still an idiot. At that age, you're dumb. You don't know enough about the world. You don't know have you don't have enough experience. Your brain is not even fully developed for another five years. So, yeah, I completely get their standpoint on this situation. You spooked the buffalo by, well, being a douche in this situation. And look, the toughest thing to do is apologize. And But you know what? It's actually easy to do. But like, listen, I'm just, you literally just have to call her and say, listen, I'm 20, I'm fucking retarded, and maybe someday I'll grow up. That's all you got to say. Be like, yeah, you're a nurse. You do good, you, you know, you got to, you're a nurse, you do shit that matters. That's, that's straightforward. That's, that right there is more than enough. That will, that will put the icing on the cake of the situation. And then that's good. But yeah, you did. You are in the wrong in this situation because you're 20, you're stupid, and you said something stupid. I was 20 once. I've said and, st and said stupid shit. So what do you want me to tell you? You said and did something stupid. Own up to it. I mean, there are some things I won't apologize for, but that's okay. Uh, let's keep going. I mean, that one was pretty. That one was pretty straightforward. Is there one we can find here that uh, that will uh, split some heads? Let's see. Hmm. 
Nah, that one's dumb. Came out as an astringent anti-screen rules he imposes on me and our kids. Anti-screen rules. Actually, huh, this one's. I like this one. How can I get my husband to relax the stringent anti-screen rules he imposes on me and our kids? For years, my husband has had an issue with cell phones and computers. Makes life very difficult for our family. For example, he will not let me or our college-age kids use our phones in the dining room. He refuses to look at anything we want to show him on the phone. He immediately responds with, how did you hear that? When I tell him something like an old friend passed away instead of, oh my, that is sad... He makes me turn my alert volume down so he doesn't have to listen to your phone beeping all the time. He avoids our bedroom when I am in there on the computer and so on. When we are out with others, he has no problem looking at something on their phones. When we call him out on his hypocrisy, he says he doesn't live with these people. None of us are addicted to our phones. And clearly I feel the problem lies within him. He feels his issues are understandable and that society has the problem, not him. All right. Well, this one, there, there is a gray area here, but I understand his concern. And yeah, obviously some type of compromise is in order. Look, here, okay, let's state the obvious. In the bedroom, fucking phones aren't, screens aren't necessarily needed. I, I mean, I've got three TVs and they're not in, they're not in the bedroom. I have a cell phone and I've got two tablets. Excuse me, three tablets. <laughs> uh, but none of them, the only one that goes in the bedroom is the oldest one. The oldest Samsung tablet goes in the bedroom because all it is is an alarm clock. That's all it is, nothing else. Um, I do have an alarm clock as well, but it's kind of an annoying alarm clock. Um, so I have to be courteous. So I use the tablet. That tablet only gets turned on at night as an alarm clock but that's all it gets used for. The phone phone doesn't go in the bedroom. Screens don't go in the bedroom. It's not my thing. I don't like it. I don't wear smartwatches at all. I don't own any smartwatches. So at the dinner table, uh, the only time I really will have my phone on me is if it's playing music. But generally, I don't. I make an effort to really look at it very, very little. Um, because I think it's important to have that moment where you're enjoying your food instead of looking at a screen because all a screen's going to do is stress you out. So I just kind of, I move it to the side and not focus on it because if you're going to have dinner, just have dinner and just kind of, there's a lot of things, there's other things you can be doing. So I get his point about not focusing on that shit. And if you have a family, it's certainly a good effort to not have your phones or your computers at the dinner table while you're having dinner. So, Move to the side, buddy. Thank you. So, by doing so, Chase, over here. Over here. Thank you. By doing that, you're showing an effort to your kids that you are focused on the family and not the fucking meme that you get tagged in on Instagram. This is a valuable, this is a valuable teaching. Now, at the same time, can there be compromises made? Well, I get that, well, the dinner table... The dinner table, the bedroom, those are refuges. That's a refuge from this digital friggin' nightmare that we're in. You know, it's a, it's a reminder of, tradi it's a tradition. It's a value system. And now, how is that implemented otherwise? Well, there are, are ways to go around it. But obviously, when you're with people, you just want to be with people. You don't want to be on your phone. 
So I get where he's coming from, but I, sh I'm, I think there is some ultra-oppression coming from his angle. But if you understand where he's coming from and learn to work with his ideas and his values, it might you might learn to agree with him a little bit more. And maybe he'll be more less stringent about the situation and less, uh, what do you call it, devoid of emotion if, something were, if you were to address something to him. Because his whole thing is, I'm setting an example. It needs to be set. I don't care. I get that perspective. It's important that that perspective is understood. And maybe he'll lighten up if you understand what he's saying. Let's see. Uh, do we want to do that? I don't like that one. It's my podcast, my choice. That's fucking stupid. Um, actually, you know what? No. What does this say? How can I... We'll end on this one. How can I get my parents to update their 1983 Trivial Pursuit set? If you haven't understood Trivial Pursuit, Trivial Pursuit is obviously... It's a, it's a board game, so there, you have to get to a destination, but those those that destination is filled with actual trivia questions based on history. So it's trivia, you know, but you get to, you, there's knowledge involved as well. My parents had the original Trivia Pursuit game circa 1983. At various get-togethers, my mom will drag out this relic and enthusiastically try to rally us around a good old game of general knowledge. I feel like that we should upgrade her game at least to a game from this century. We go round and round arguing about the obviously outdated questions which parents, which the parents insist be answered in the vernacular of what the correct answer is was back in 1983. Any suggestions to update or at least omit the blatantly wrong answers fall upon deaf ears. I've become so exasperated by their childish behavior and refusal to update that I simply refuse to participate. We used to enjoy the familial com camaraderie, but it now seems ludicrous to me when most of these questions are no longer relevant. Well, you know, I think it's on you because if they all seem to go along with it, obviously the one, the odd man out is the issue. Now, Trivial Pursuit uh, was not my favorite game. I found it a little too difficult because I wasn't as trivial as I am now. Well, I'm definitely a trivial person, but... I think updating the game to maybe a newer version, I don't see a problem with that. If they want to play that for like one round, that's cool. But I don't know if I'd care. Like, I mean, maybe you'd want to play like Monopoly or something. I don't know. I like, well, me. I love capitalism, so I'm definitely a fan of playing Monopoly. But I think there should also be, if they just want to play like one round, be like, all right, I'll play one game. I don't see how it wouldn't hurt. Your your parents sometimes don't get to see you. Their your parents are dying, so fucking humor them for a few minutes, you know. And and you're just hanging out. You're playing Trivial Pursuit. It's not a it's not a hard game. I mean, the questions can be hard, but your participation doesn't have to be difficult. You know, it's not like you're playing friggin' Battleship. Battleship is intensive. Battleship is fierce. But it's it's not. You know, it's a game you can take part in, and I think it's that's. You're being trivial about a trivia game. So just play it. And knowing that information, be like, you know, maybe you can make a game out of it yourself. Be like, listen, the information that you learn in that game, why don't you go learn about it? If a fucking question about a question about Iran Contra pops up, why don't you go and look up what Iran Contra was? The battle the the Falkland Islands uh battle. Um the freaking uh Gulag Archipelago. Why don't you go and look about that shit? If it's a trivia question, 
go and look up what it's about, and maybe you'll actually learn something about that silly game from 1983. Try to make the most out of it. That's all. We're at one hour and one minute. I hope you all have a sufficient holiday, a stress-free holiday. Uh, if you're from the New York City area, apparently you can't go anywhere because you're fucking quarantined. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Look, if you're part of a city or part of a state that has been so restrictive during this year that it hasn't allowed you to go out or be a person or just be a human and walk your dog without somebody asking for your fucking papers, then your 2020 re- your 2021 resolution is to pack up and leave that state or city. Most likely, if that is it's a city, then you probably have to leave the state. But if it's the, if you just have to leave the city and go to the rural areas in order to get that freedom back, then that's the path you need to follow. But that's your 2020 resolution: is get the fuck away from authority. That's your resolution. Because that is the one way to take power away from those who mean to tell you what to do is to leave the grasp or the reach of their power. Leave the grasp of their power so that they can't tell you what to do anymore. And if enough people do that, they have no power. They've obviously fucked up. If you do that, you can make the change. But if for nothing else, it allows you to be in a position where you don't have to answer to fucking nobody. Do that for 2021. Your resolution, don't answer to nobody. Move to a place where you don't have to answer to anybody and do your own thing and start a little cottage industry and just be your own person. That's more important than anything else. Uh, Happy holidays to everybody. I enjoy your time. Thank you to all the new subscribers and all the channels and stuff like that. You can find me on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, anywhere where podcasts are available all right you can also uh, like and subscribe to all my youtube channels positive sarcasm positive sarcasm podcast and uh that's pretty much it questions comments concerns uh positive sarcasm outlook.com support the podcast super important because i'm not on patreon i give you this shit for free positive sarcasm at outlook.com positive sarcasm.com slash donate happy holidays everybody i will talk to you all on sunday recorded here from the spare parts studio This has been a positive sarcasm presentation. Woke up with a bang and a bug on your face. It crawled in your mouth and gave you a taste of the good life you left behind. But I think you're gonna be fine Somebody